Why did he go to Albania? Like, literally, like, bad things happen when wizards go to Albania. So just stop fucking going. Okay, 200 patron stretch goal. We go to Albania. Yes. Yes. Much, much later. Hello. Hello, everyone. Is this the um, most uncomfortable we've ever been recording an episode? I'm actually fine. I feel like I managed to sit on a com- more comfortable piece of dirt than you. No, it's more the temperature, the sweat, the dirt, <laughs> the bus residue. We're in Albania. We are. We made it. Yeah, I'm aware that what we just said doesn't sell it. <laughs> no, um, so in episode 37 of this podcast, at 23 minutes and 15 seconds, we made a joke that one day we would record an episode in Albania. Specifically in a forest in Albania. Yeah, and so, here we are. <laughs> yeah, we said if we'd reached 200 patrons, that happened the other week. We said that while very drunk, and we followed through on things. So yeah. despite a global pandemic and many hoops to jump through, we've made it to Albania to bring you an episode. And we are at the moment sitting in a national park so you've got some lovely asmr sounds of birds and people talking and motorbikes yeah the men yelling and we're not quite in a forest (laughs) no i would say that this like there's plenty of forest around there's plenty of forest around here we just decided for our safety to sit somewhere you know a little bit more open yeah Um, so we sat i mean it's actually fucking incredible we sat on like a a, a bit of dirt some dirt um adjacent to like the most incredible lake which is adjacent to an absolutely bonkers mountain just like the rolling mountains and hills of albania spread around and it's like clear blue skies which i'm like clouds come back (laughs) even though we did just have a nightmare because we finally found where we wanted to record and then the heavens fucking opened torrential for like 30 minutes yeah because we're very used to like British weather where we're like, ah, oh, it'll pass. And then like 30 minutes later, we were like, okay, we're going to oh, have no. to go sit on the ground. And obviously ground. it means that, yeah, we're now sat in mud. But Albania is fucking gorgeous. Yeah. So both of us had very weird. So we're going to talk about like Albania for a bit now, like what we thought of it before we came, what we came, like what we think of it now we've come, um, the history of it. And post editing, we'll put timestamps of where if you want to, you could skip over this bit and go straight to the episode. But But I don't think you should. We don't think you should. We highly recommend you stay and listen because we've learned a lot about Albania over the last like few week- days and weeks and there is obviously still loads more to learn we barely know anything but like I feel like not many people know anything about it so we hope you stay and listen yeah so what were your thoughts of Albania before we ever came here before we even started researching yeah so before we came to Albania we actually had a few days stay in Corfu because when we looked at traveling to Albania it was just going to be like really expensive for flights well not really but just more expensive for flights yeah. and then I was like oh well we can just go via Corfu because I my family always used to go on holiday to Corfu so I was very aware that you can literally see Albania from it so I was like there has to be like a ferry or something like I know that you can see it so I did know geographically where Albania was which I think is more than you can say no yeah I was aware that it was like well I think I wasn't like aware, but like I knew in the back of my mind it was an ex-communist country. And that made me think it was like Ukrainian, Russian kind of region rather than where it is. Like I had this idea that it was like quite a like cold, more northeastern European country. So when I looked at it on a map for the first time, I was like, 
hey, that's near Greece. Like, what the hell? Like, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, so I kind of just thought that it would be exactly like Greece. Specifically, like, Corfu. I just thought it would be, like, very, very similar. I thought that it might be slightly more, like, upmarket. Like, I knew it was a lot cheaper, but that doesn't mean that it's not, like, nice. fancier, yeah. you know? So I thought it would maybe be slightly fancier put together, but cheaper. But aside from that, exactly like Greece. Yeah, I didn't... I didn't have as much of a weird image in my head as a lot of people I've talked to. So we're going to be, like, quite honest about, like, what people have said to us during this. Because, like, Albania just has a lot of weird connotations that come with it. My mum thought the only thing that would be available to eat was potatoes and beetroot. And it would be just filled with donkeys. Yeah, I mean, that's just very ignorant isn't it well yeah but like there was so little education in albania because until 1990 you could not leave or enter the country and like no one knew anything about what was going on inside of it so like i understand where that comes from i think my idea like i had no idea what it would look like i think i thought it would just be like greece but more i suppose less developed if i was going to put a word on it like less done up do you know what i mean yeah like Whereas, 40 years ago or something i thought the opposite i thought it would be like more done up yeah and but like everyone we've spoken to has had differing opinions ranging from you're allowed to go into that country to like isn't it cold won't it snow <laughs> yeah my dad was like incredibly worried and was like begging me not to go until the other week he ran into a woman from albania really randomly and asked her and was like oh my god like i'm terrified my daughter's going like is it safe and she was like it's perfectly safe it gets a gets a bad rep but it's like lovely and like really safe and then he actually rang me to be like i'm sorry i'm wrong which is a first in his lifetime i think (laughs) yeah a lot of people had a lot of weird weird opinions we did as much research as possible but it is not a hotspot tourist destination it is very much like an up and for english for english people it's very much like an up-and-coming tourist destination so there was very little like english written information online and then we arrived and it's gorgeous it's incredible we're staying specifically in the city of saranda 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 which we've kind of later found out was always a tourist destination specifically for albanians and other people living in the balkan region so it's like completely set up for tourism and we're basically staying in like a party town and we had no idea yeah like because we got the ferry over and we could immediately see that it was just like the biggest town like it is absolutely huge and it's like a lot of like not like flats but like you know like big quite apartment tall buildings kind of yeah like all over the place and just has this like amazing like strip along the beach where it's got like you know you can pay for a boat tour and there's like bars on boats and stuff there's all loads of like it's just your very like typical like european kind of holiday thing yeah. where there's just like loads of restaurants and bars and it like yeah seems to have like an absolutely buzzing nightlife yeah we don't know what obviously we're so we're only saying in that kind of southern region of Sarande um so we don't know what the capital's like so we can only speak of like where we have been so then today we've come about 40 minutes outside of Sarande to Butrint National Park good I'm doing well which is a UNESCO World Heritage Site and it was like the main place that was occupied by the Greeks and then the Romans later on so it has like all this incredible history Mm -hmm. Uh, but we also figured as it's a national park and you have to pay to enter it would be safe to record here yes (laughs) but yeah there will be background noise and there will be random people that come and stumble across us being massive weirdos drinking some beers and talking about harry potter just on a side of a lake 
I just can't believe this is the most beautiful view we've ever had to film. Oh a pod- yeah, definitely. Uh, record a podcast. It episode, does like, beat South London, <laughs> the, the the back bedroom that we normally yeah. record in. We thought we'd talk a little bit about like the history of Albania, just because like we knew nothing about it, so we thought we'd tell you guys a little bit about it. As I kind of mentioned, because of where we are, the ancient history of Albania, because of where it is in the world, was under like greek occupation and then roman occupation in those two like empires but we're gonna be more talking about like the more recent 20th to 20th 21st century history because that kind of explains more about why people have the opinions that they do of this country and then we'll talk about how fucking weird it is that voldemort would come here (laughs) yes we'll talk about that a lot a lot and then eventually in this episode we'll also talk about, about chapters, harry potter <laughs> which i think we might go back to our hotel room to record so that we don't get heat stroke <laughs> it's a possibility oh we also are drinking something well right now we're actually drinking um beer and i think it's just like greek their version of amstel yeah i think it's greek amstel because obviously this is so close to greece on like all sides a lot of the stuff here is greek um but we also have with us an albanian brandy so we might break that open. So Albania was recognised as independent in 1913 following the Balkan War. And as is going to be the theme of the lot of recent history we're talking about, it was a conference in London between the other big European powers like UK, Germany, France, Italy, la la la, who created the Albanian borders, leaving more than half of ethnic Albanians outside of what they classed as the new Albania. Bit rude. Bit rude. <laughs> Obviously, being recognised as independent in 1913 is not the best time because 1914 is when world war one broke out and albania was completely split along regional lines there were some allegiances to turkey some allegiances to italy and some people who wanted no part in the war and then albania was basically used as a bargaining chip in the war so different parts of the country were promised to different countries as bargaining tools for entering the war on the french and english side so like serbia and montenegro were promised loads of northern albania Greece was promised much of southern Albania and the rest of Albania was going to be left to be governed by Italians. None of this was obviously ran by anyone who actually worked in Albanian government or represented Albania. It's just a bit wild as well because there's like... I feel like at some point a country should be like, I don't want any more. Like, it's so greedy. That, that's I, not how the early 20th century no, worked. I want and more. Like, and I'm aware of the um, hypocrisy of me saying that as a Brit. Yeah. But I'm just like... Why did you want so much? I know, I know. Like, literally everyone was just trying to take pieces. So then during World War One and kind of after, Albania was on the occupation of Serbia and Italian forces because they had used Albania as kind of a base. And a, the a local rebellion pushed them back out behind the recognised borders. But then in the post-war peace conferences, the main powers, so again, we're talking England, France, la 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 la, refused to allow Albanian officials to represent their own country. They still wanted to carve it out and give it to the other powers as they had promised to. So rude. I know. But Albania kind of refused and set up their own national assembly in what is now the capital of Tirana. And this is where in 1920, the United... There's some sort of bright blue bird. Oh no, it's... It might be white. It looks blue in my sunglasses. Um, It's probably white. white. I think I'm having a breakdown. You are. So this was when in 1920 the United States intervened and recognised Albania as a separate sovereign state. So the US did something good <laughs> and that is why there is a memorial to hillary clinton that but we she are going wasn't, to find she wasn't alive in the 1920s so there might be more to it than that no it's time traveling it's time traveling yeah 
But the country was completely politically unstable because it had never had its own central government, like central ruling system. It had constantly been used, like thrown around between different countries. So then it went through years of changing politicians until eventually this guy called Zog. <laughs> big up Zog. Wait, big I really Zog. hope you're not about to be like committed genocide. <laughs> and I'm no. like, big up Zog. He became prime minister. Well, probably to be able to do it. He became prime minister, <laughs> then president, then king of Albania. Wow. King Zog. I genuinely thought when I was reading this that it was a joke. Mm. I was like, Zog. <laughs> that is not the move to be like, ah, oh, yes, let's create a monarchy. Yeah, I know. We're going to go from prime minister to monarchy. He kept the Albanian army fully trained because he was so worried about the Italians and the Greeks still trying to steal back parts of his country. But that completely sapped the country's funds. So then in 1930, they were in financial crisis. No money. Nil how, money. How could Zog do that? Zog was trying to keep the Italians out. But his fatal flaw, he was trying to keep the Italians out, so drained all the country's money. So then the Italians came along and was like, we'll give you three million gold francs as a gift and help you with some loans. And Zog was like, no. And then he was like, yes. And then Mussolini overthrew King Zog, Zog in 1930. What in, were you I actually, I actually wrote 1393. I think I meant 1939 did full on just switching of all the numbers yeah. then so Albania became one of the first countries to be occupied by the, by the Axis powers in World War 2 because by this point we're in the late 1930s early 1940s so then in 1943 the Italian army surrendered making Albania occupied by Germany because we're in World War 2 now and then in 1944 just before the war ended a communist resistance group grew within Albania and threw out the German soldiers so this was both good because they'd thrown out the Axis powers but that left communism in charge which was kind of the thing post World War II and once that happened the Albanian communists who had taken over launched a terror campaign killing and torturing thousands of people within the country that's not very friendly it isn't you know you've just had a war and then you're like I'm going to take over and kill all the people Mm. the allies so France, England, la 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 la, never recognised the Albanian government and they never talked about the Albanian borders at a wartime conference to carve up what was going to be done in Europe. They never even mentioned it as a country. They talked about Greece, they talked about Macedonia, didn't mention Albania. It was just ignored at the post uh, the peace conference. about that bit of land. Yeah, literally. So, because of that power vacuum, communists quickly took power in Albania, executing thousands of opposition politicians, clan chiefs and members of the former Albanian government. And this carried on into the mid 1960s, where the government attempted to extinguish all religious practice in Albania. So all churches, mosques, mosques, mosques. Someone's getting out on a boat. Yep. Good. So all churches, mosques and other religious institutes were closed because it's important to bear in mind because of where Albania is in the world. It has both Orthodox Christianity and Muslim people practicing religion because it's kind of of where it is on on the map and as we know from history different religions just mix so well and peacefully yeah so they decided to outlaw all religion to solve that issue uh should we be worried not yet the man on the boat is coming directly towards us we're just having a picnic sir we're just vibing let's continue (laughs) oh so Albania then saw rapid economic growth because it was kind of insular and on its own and just doing its own communist thing. So during these 40 years from the 60s onwards, Albania had the same one leader, 
one communist leader who kept the country completely isolated. So this is the kind of thing that our parents remember and JK Rowling will have in her mind mm -hmm. when she chose it because Albania was entirely cut off from the Western world. I was trying to understand like how cut off when I was doing my research and the comparison that was kind of people were drawing was it was the same as how self-sufficient and cut off not in the same way of the government but how self-sufficient and cut off North Korea is at yeah. the moment like they did not do trade with a single other country they did not talk to another country no one was allowed in no one was allowed out so no one knew what was going on inside the country he does. We do apologise for the background noise of boats and men, men yelling at each other. It's we, Albanian ASMR. Yeah, the lake that we're on has some like Albanian Fishing. fishermen and they're emptying their nets. It's it's nice. It is nice. So Ooh. after those four decades of the country being completely isolated because of that one ruler, that ruler died. And the Albanian government, despite still being communist, decided they maybe wanted to talk to some other countries, start interact with interacting with the West. Good. And some liberalisation was introduced. So in 1990, Albanians were allowed to travel abroad for the first time. God. And in 1991, a coalition government was formed containing some non-communists. Wow. Albania's inexperienced capitalism, and this was the most interesting thing I read, led to the rise of thousands of pyramid schemes. Excellent. Because they <laughs> did not understand capitalism and how it wow. worked. So thousands of pyramid schemes popped up and in 1996 and 1997 many of these collapsed causing absolute anarchy and prompting international mediation because of infighting within the country that's so interesting pyramid schemes bad very bad they were all selling avon to each literally <laughs> they're all selling avon no but this is the thing it can't go any further than albania so it caused all this infighting and yeah like all the governments around the world had to step in and be like calm the fuck down please <laughs> and just explain a pyramid scheme it was like the episode of always sunny with the pyramid scheme <laughs> sorry we shouldn't laugh because this is horrific it's horrific but it's i when i read that i was like really pyramid schemes so and there was also widespread corruption throughout the government causing rebellions it was just and infighting. an entire country of people dming each other like hey girl hey girl so in 1998, Albania established a democratic system for the first time. Mm -hmm. And now that takes us to modern day. So Albania is now a part of all major political discussions. Well done, they've been allowed at the table. Having only become a part of the wider West recently, it's considered less developed than other European counterparts. Tourism is still developing, but growing hugely. <laughs> I hope people enjoy this and it's not a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I think they enjoy it. So tourism is developing hugely like we have actually bumped into other english people we actually bumped into yeah. the three most annoying english girls on the bus ever. oh yeah, yeah yeah they were big rah 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 energy yeah and like the entire bus was like cramped and pressed together and they were like we're just gonna we're sit, sit down on the, on the middle aisle because i feel our, sick spread our bags around us because we're more important than all of the locals and, and when people were trying to like push against them they were like uh there's not room i was like everyone has a quarter of the amount of space yeah you everyone do. was literally like pressed body to body against each other and then they were just like with their bags spread around them sat on the ground yeah and it's like get a grip honestly this is why people hate british tourists honestly like that british tourists have only just started coming here and they're already ruining it for all of us yeah. In all the major cities like Tirana and Sarande, I'm saying both those wrong, many different religions are now practiced completely freely because, again, the country is a melting pot of many different religions. Yeah, because that's one of the things I got from someone when I said I was coming here. They're like, oh, are you going to have to cover up the entire time? And I was like, huh? huh? Well, there are, like, a lot of... 
lot of Muslim and Orthodox Christians here who do choose to cover yeah. up, but there are also atheists. There are also uh, the t- type of Protestant Christians. Mm-hmm. There's everyone here. Well, not everyone, but there's many, many, many different religions. What I thought was important to know in how Albania relates to the UK, because this is something I kind of found out not from my research, the history, from some of the stuff that's in the UK news at the moment. Obviously, a lot of the UK news is taken up at the moment with the asylum seekers and immigrants, as the news calls them, coming into Britain. And when I was looking into it, Albanians actually made up the third highest population of people trying to seek asylum in the UK, which I found interesting because I was like, why is that? And basically what it's to do with is in the countryside in Albania, so not in the cities we're in now, what's known as like blood feuds and mercy killing are still kind of legal practice. So if someone does something to a someone else like murders them steals something from them does something horrific it is kind of okay in Albanian or within the country not make sense to kill them and if not them a member of their family and if that blood feud isn't settled it can go on forever it's never kind of cancelled and it can be any member of their family that wow. is caused to pay back for it so a lot of the asylum seekers in the UK are people trying to flee because they've been caught up in blood feuds. This isn't something that happens in the major cities where everyone lives. It's basically contained to a few more remote regions in Albania. But I thought it was important to mention, especially because almost all of the asylum requests to the UK are denied. Wow. I know. I hate our country. Literally, I was like, great, what a lovely note to finish on. Yeah. But that's the history of Albania. And that is kind of why we reckon everything we've talked about why jk rowling may have chosen it without ever visiting it as the place where rowena ravencore hid the diadem and voldemort came to be because it kind of has an image especially in our parents minds of being this remote place that no one knows anything about because no one was allowed Mm. to enter or leave for 40 years yeah and that does make sense with the timestamp of when voldemort would have been like going into hiding and stuff Mm. but yeah, because we started to research this because when we like first came over on the boat, and, like it is hot and sunny, it's and so hot here, seaside guys. Town, it is like fucking glorious, and we were like, this just isn't Voldemort's vibe. No. You know when you see that one goth in a family on holiday, <laughs> and they look so uncomfortable. That would be Voldemort here. I mean, we're sitting here, and it's easily thirty-three degrees in direct sunlight, and we're late in the season. We're mid-September. Yeah. yeah. We're like, it just doesn't seem like his, his bag. But yeah, essentially, so you found out a bunch of stuff about why, because the whole thing is that he comes here because he's been here before searching for the diadem. Yeah. So basically, um, Rowena Ravenclaw hid it so well that when Voldemort then needs to go into hiding, he was like, where I found the diadem is good. Yeah, exactly. But so do you want to talk about why Rowena Ravenclaw like originally hid it here? Well, no one actually knows because J.K. Rowling has never said. They, like theorists online and what I kind of most agree with because there's there's this one theory and I am going to mention it because people are going to tweet us about it otherwise that Albania actually comes from Albion which is the old word for Scotland that would be ridiculous if Rowena Ravenclaw ran away from Hogwarts in Scotland to go hide it in Scotland and then Voldemort was hiding in Scotland like absolutely not would make more sense with him liking the cold we think maybe he just loves getting a tan like maybe we are so wrong about this it's always about his pale skin it is yeah Yeah, he would he would need some factor 50 no way no way um so (laughs) that's a muggy (laughs) so people think that jk and why i think jk rowling chose it is because a she kind of 
saw it in the same way we see North Korea nowadays of being completely mm. locked down, remote. No one knows what it looks like. No one knows anything about it. And B, because the national symbol of Albania is a eagle. Like, their flag is a two-headed eagle. Um, and apparently the word what Albanians call their own country because obviously it's like how Germany is called Deutschland by people who are actually German mm. translates into English roughly as children of the eagles Yeah. so Albania has very strong ties to eagles so that would make sense with it Helena Ravenclaw it absolutely must be that you think children of the eagles that's got to be yeah because she's Rowena Ravenclaw's daughter yeah. therefore a child of an eagle exactly like well done JK you're very clever well done yeah because <laughs> I think when we first had this conversation we were like why Albania and it's kind of irritating to realise that there is a reason yeah like if she found out that children of the eagle thing I'm like oh god it makes sense for yeah, god's it sake it is absolutely infuriating so yeah essentially because Baldi had been here before it's kind of where he defaulted to and you also were telling me about how like it would be the most remote place to that you could easily get to in Europe yeah exactly anywhere else you'd have to cover huge amounts of land mass if you're thinking of going to like I'm trying to think of really remote places in the world like northern yeah. Canada or like um, up like the far far east of Russia that's half the planet away yeah. Albania is not as far if you're a flying soul or if you're Helena yeah. Ravenclaw trying to run away yeah I think it's interesting though because obviously I mean it's never really gone into about how after Voldy attacks Harry how the fuck he gets to like it's just kind of like oh he possessed animals but it's like how but the thing we found the most funny is the logistics of you kept bringing up is the logistics of how Peter Pettigrew got here that's what I was about to say yeah so we went from Corfu town and we got a ferry which was there is a quick one which is 40 minutes and it flies it's called fire it's called the flying ferry (laughs) and then there's another one which we took um which is like more like an hour and a half it's a lot slower and I mean it was lovely it was gorgeous it was fascinating you know sailing away from Greece and like emerging onto Albania and it kind of went about around the coast as well so we saw quite a lot of it but like it was so hot I've never sweated that much in my life so hot and sunny and like fucking glorious but like we just had this mental image of like Peter Pettigrew on this fucking ferry Uh, in rat form just kind of trying to hide he might have not had to be in rat form at that point obviously we know that he then did when he went to the forest and stuff Mm. but like I would imagine that no one's gonna well you say no one's gonna recognise him in Albania but this is the thing we know that he wasn't always in rat form also the fucking convenience of Bertha coming here like because she has family like okay fair enough she might have family but wow wow yeah I think I mean you know it's quite interesting I mean this is the stuff I'm like I'd love to hear more but I don't want to hear a fucking peep out of JK Rowling but like I think it's quite interesting because it's like maybe there is like certain countries that are more strong with like in terms of like magical heritage Mm. purely by chance you have to think that there's like ones where it's like maybe there just happened to be like large families long ago or just that there was more like muggle born that makes sense yeah and maybe like Albania for whatever reason was like particularly did have like quite a lot of wizards in but then because of the one because of the difficulties of the country and two just because it's like maybe there were a lot in comparison to the wider population of Albania but that doesn't mean that there's enough to really have community so maybe it's a very common thing where there's like 
visiting communities in Albania, but they frequently would move to the UK. Yeah. Um, and that would explain why, like, the Raven Corps did, and then explain how maybe there's, like, Bertha had heritage. Yeah. Maybe Bertha is even, like, a distant descendant of, of Helena Ravenclaw yeah, or Rowena like, Ravenclaw. Yeah, yeah. maybe Helena Ravenclaw, like, maybe she was Albanian, like, yeah. and then she, like, came across because there was, like, whilst there was, like, a weirdly high amount for Albania given the population there still wasn't enough for like proper communities so she was like oh well like I'll go to the UK yeah I think it would make sense because Albania is also like a very I mean everything around here is old but like we are sitting at the moment on an ancient fortress from the Greek and Roman Mm. era and to me that would kind of make sense to then link to like ancient magic because like we know that wizards only went into hiding at a certain time and like yeah like it would make sense to me if these if this is one of the 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 cornerstones of ancient greek history for there also to be ancient magic here and i think that would cause a lot of like people to come back to it because there's something almost we know magic almost sometimes comes from the ground when it's really strong like hogwarts itself has a magical energy yeah i also what i love about any kind of text like this where it's like in detail enough to have a world surrounding it but not in detail that every I mean you can never answer every question Mm. but but also when it's kind of based in reality because you know obviously there's things like Lord of the Rings has such an incredible crazy like world surrounding it with so much detail and languages and stuff but it's not basic reality but it's like actually you know jk rowling would not have put that much thought into you know whether the raven claws were from albania and what that meant and stuff but it's like actually you know i would love to what i might do when i go home is like research actually when like helena ravenclaw was about and what was actually going on yeah. in albania in the time because it's like even though jk rowling won't have thought in that much detail i love the con i love the fact that you can make it up look into the history yeah. and think oh this makes sense and it's like there's not a lot of other like massively popular fiction that you can do that with because a lot of it is not based in reality but like to summarize like albania is so much more fascinating than i ever would have realized absolutely fascinating like it's actually gorgeous like i might come back here i think it's such a good it's also dirt cheap like it is so cheap yeah yeah like like and and it's so i mean greece is Gre- we are only saying this because we came straight from Greece. It's cheaper than Corfu, and a lot of the stuff is like nicer. Our hotel yeah. is twice as nice for the same price, like yeah. twice as nice for the same price. And like that's a byproduct of it only opening to more international tourism recently. That will change, and that's not a yeah. bad thing. It should change, but like I would recommend people coming here. And I don't want this to be the only time I come in my life because I think the history of the country is is just fascinating. Yeah. But also, it's hot, it's beautiful, and the people have been while occasionally confused by us absolutely lovely yeah we have had some reactions where it's like it's weird because it's like for instance like some of the waiters we went to a restaurant on our first night for like cocktails and some of the waiters like they did multiple ones them kept coming up and like asking where we were from and then were just like stood staring at us like a bit confused and they were like beautiful people but the british and i was like "Mm, they're not but thank you about us yeah but um so i said to one of them like oh like do you get a lot of english people when he asked where we're from and he was like oh yeah loads and i'm like then why are you being weird (laughs) yeah and like we yeah we've had a few like slightly strange interactions but like the same when i mean it's post-covid everything's a bit weird um but mostly people have been absolutely lovely which is always good to know yeah definitely so 
Yeah, we are going to record the rest of this episode back in our hotel room because Jesus Christ, it's hot, but we're yes. still recording it in Albania. I just don't think we really thought about how hot it was. But we've yeah. done a 20-minute intro in a forest in Albania. Noise. So, yeah, we hope that you enjoyed this and we will see you to talk about Harry, Harry Potter, Potter in just a tablets. second. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Hiya. Hello. Right, well, we've already done the world's longest introduction, which we hope that you didn't skip because if you did, you're, you're a dickhead. Imagine if someone has skipped and they just land on that, like, dickhead. I, I fucking hope they have. Go listen to the bit about Albania. Yeah, bitch. Well, you could go listen to it at the end if you really want to listen to the episode. But it has, we related it back to Harry Potter. We did, actually. We spoke in depth about how it relates to the world of Harry Potter. We did, because we're sad fucks. Should we talk about Harry Potter some more? <coughs> Chapter 31. O-W-L's, or owls. Actually, no, what are we drinking now we're back? What oh. are we drinking? What are we drinking? We normally do this. Um, so... We didn't actually find out what a traditional Albanian alcohol is. I'm not sure they have one. I don't know. Um, we, this is we did so much research on the history of Albania. Not once did we research the alcohol. But what I have bought is brandy that's made in Albania. It literally says "made in Albania" on it. It's got the Albanian flag. It's got the eagle. This is very Albanian. So yeah, we're drinking Albanian brandy. And if we finish that, we have another drink. Mm. Oh my God, that smells like fucking cleaner. Let's try it. How are we going to drink that? That is one of the worst things I've ever put in my mouth. And I have had sex with a lot of questionable men. Albania, you do a lot of things right. You've got good food. You've got beautiful water. You've got lovely people. But stay away from the booze. Don't touch that brandy. We have to drink that. So anyway, chapter 31, O-W-L. So it's the next day after where we left off in the last chapter. Ron is all big-headed and happy, which he deserves to he be. Go on, Ron. Are we really not slandering Ron for once? No. You're like, he deserves it. I'm like, does he? Yes. Mm. He's just won the Quidditch House Cup. Mm. He's not the only one on the team. He's the only one there right now. I'd tell Angelina <laughs> she was great if she was here. They go outside to revise which mood and they sit basically under the same tree where harry saw the memory of his dad but do you think he would have been like can we just sit literally anywhere anywhere else else. uh don't ask me why (laughs) nope they're gonna sit in the same tree and then ron reminds harry of his dad in the way that he's fiddling with his hair and i love it (laughs) i love it so much yeah it's really good and harry like smiles at him like Yeah, he's like, ah, oh, maybe my dad might have been an arsehole, but my best friend is too. What is too? It's a Quidditch arsehole too. Yeah. <laughs> so they finally burst Ron's bubble and tell him about Hagrid and Grawp. Which... Um, because Ron's like, oh, well, you saw the look on Chang's face when Ginny got the snitch. And Harry's like, I suppose she cried, did she? <laughs> Which is like... Oh, um, savage. Also, I find it a bit cruel that Ron calls her Chang when her and Harry literally went out. It's like, her name is Cho. Look, the girl's got two last last names. names. (laughs) I know it's confusing because her first name and her second name are last names. (laughs) They probably got them muddled up because he's like, why why is it two last names? For God's sake, it's almost like, it's almost like J.K. Rowling is a massive racist. (laughs) doesn't research character names it's almost like she's a bigot (laughs) no she can't be anyway (laughs) anyway so then that's when they have to be like ah actually we didn't see that and ron is 
heartbroken. Oh, he quickly gets distracted by how audacious Hagrid is. Oh yeah, it's hard to like be like actually I'm the center of attention here when there's like literally a giant in the story. Although given Ron's track record, I'm surprised he didn't try. <laughs> so then we pivot. And we learn it's OWL season. And oh, I'm sorry. It's like two seconds after you swallow mm. that. Mm. Mm. So they have a two week period of exams where they don't have to go to lessons and they just have exams. But I wanted to ask, did you have study break before your exams or did you have lessons up until your exams? Um, I can't remember for GCSE, but for A-level, we definitely had a uh, study leave. Yeah, we had it for GCSE as well. But I know some schools didn't. It depended on like, which makes sense because like kids are under a certain age. Yeah. Um, I, it was I, quite bold of our school to let us do that. I honestly can't remember. We might have done, we might not have. I have blocked out. That's a, fair um, enough. A lot of exam seasons, yeah. aside from... And I remember this the other day, because someone brought up Desperate Housewives. I marathoned that whilst revising. Oh, I think yeah. for my A-levels. But why was I watching TV whilst revising? I think that I was just kidding myself. Of, <laughs> I can do both. And now that I'm older and more self-aware and... Yeah. I know more about like effective studying and working. I'm just like, I know that I cannot concentrate with any distraction at all. Like I have to do like music without lyrics. I can't listen to like a podcast. I can't deal with radio. I even struggle when people are just like talking in the same room, which is why I'm so much better working from home. And I'm like, bitch really thought that she could study with Desperate Housewives on, which is like a dramatic show that you pay attention to. I'm just going to assume you've not seen no, it because you're seen you. It. Thank it's, you. It's very good. You would absolutely love it. I probably would, yeah. You really would. It's got that like Grey's Anatomy level of like really good. like kind of drama. Good, yes. You would love it. What was I smoking? And also my, revi- my revision was just reading a textbook and like highlighting it. That was... How I revised. I mean, mine was reading the textbook and transferring it onto notes, highlighting the notes, and then doing past papers. So not that different. Oh yeah, I did like past papers as well, and I think I did make some notes. But I think for the most part, I was just like reading stuff and (laughs) highlighting it. Yeah, no, you need to be writing it. Writing is what transfers things into my brain. But also, like, I don't know. I weirdly for like a you know twenty almost 27-year-old woman who is long out of education. I watch a lot of, like, study tube and stuff like that. Like, and I really wish that I'd had that back in the day because there is so much, like, science behind how to effectively revise and study. Oh, yeah. That I'm just like... If I had known this, I would have done so well in school. And I actually think, I mean, I've always said that like exam results aren't about your intelligence. They're about your ability to memorise information because it's just true. But I'm like angry that there's probably a lot of kids in my school that did really well just because like they actually knew like study techniques. And like, why didn't the school actually effectively teach study techniques? Well, we we were taught one that now has a name that's really popular on YouTube. So we were taught the... 40 minute work, five or 10 minute off, or an hour work, five or 10 minute off. And they taught us that in school as one well of study techniques, because we did have a few lessons on study techniques. What techniques? One of them I've talked about before was flashcards, and we had a teacher that made us do them, even though they do not work for me. Yeah. Work for some people, but she made us do them. 
but, ridiculous. But yeah, but it's now called the Pomodoro method, yeah. which it might have been called when I was in school, but they just didn't yeah. call it that. But that's but the thing like, that I use working now. Yeah, I, I use it working. Because I, know I use it to edit the podcast yeah, now. But also like flashcards, like don't, it's, it works, but like it's a really ineffective form of revision because like I did flashcards as well and I did past papers, but like those aren't effective ways to revise. And it's just like, it's absolutely bonkers that I'm like, I probably could have done so much better if I knew these techniques. So why weren't, weren't they taught? We were just taught like, write some flashcards. Yeah. Which like... But also like there's so many good resources to do with the Pomodoro method now. Like when I was doing it, I just used to work for however long, like 40 minutes. And then I'd watch five minutes of Friends. And like, I do remember that like very vividly. But now there's all these videos where you do like Pomodoro method with someone. Or there's like, there is Harry Potter Pomodoro method ones because I do like some types of background noise while I work, but like very specific types. So I really like those like YouTube videos, which are like cafe sounds. And then YouTube knowing who I am as a person because it follows me around the internet was like would you like some working sounds that are like the library in Harry Potter and I was like yeah I'll stick that on it's so good like I would highly recommend it and then those are sometimes split into Pomodoro so it tells you to work for 40 minutes yeah. and then tells you to have a five minute break that is very good there's so many yeah. resources I have out a there Pomodoro now. timer on my phone and I also have like I've got a lot of like work playlists so I am awful for my lo-fi beats yeah like, she re- sent me a few playlists I do follow the same but I just like now. I don't know there's particularly there's ones where it's like songs out of video games and anime and I don't even like watch anime and I don't play enough games to recognize most of the songs but it's just like those kind of like songs but in a really like lo-fi way always with like rain noises in the background again just swing it back to harry potter that exists on youtube Mm -hmm. there is lo-fi harry potter and i have listened it's there's one like video i really like it's like two hours long that's called like music hermione would study too and it's the lo-fi version of the Harry Potter soundtrack with rain noise in the amazing. background. And I'm like, this yeah. is amazing. There's another one I use, which is by a YouTuber I really love called Ali Abdel. Um, I think that's his name. And it's literally a playlist of all soundtracks. So like Game of Thrones, yeah. Star Wars, oh, yeah, Harry Potter, one. all of the really epic ones because they don't have lyrics in. And it is the most badass thing when you're just like working, but like to like the fucking like Star Wars music. Yeah. It makes you feel so badass. I also um, really like the Spotify playlist Pop Goes Classical. It's like instrumental <gasps> versions of pop songs without I lyrics. I love that so shit. There's good. a band that I love. I can't remember what they're called. Oh, but they, I know the one you're uh, talking about. Yeah, Something String Quartet. Yeah, Vitamin, the... Vitamin String Quartet. Yes. Love them as love well. So great them. for studying. Okay. We will link some playlists Yeah, below. we're going to link a load of um, studying. Because like, they're called all studying techniques online, but especially with the rise of working from home, like they're so useful just for working by yourself and working out what helps you work. Because like, I've worked out from working from home that I'm a very like all or nothing worker I'm Mm. like intense doing something or distracted and go off and I shouldn't punish myself for that I should just work out how that works best for me rather than being like I have to sit here for eight hours be like work really intensely for 40 minutes then go play with me Sue for 10 like Mm -hmm. it's fine yeah definitely I would recommend if you're especially if you're studying, but even if you're just working, checking out those playlists, checking out StudyTube. And another thing that you can do, I love how this has just turned into us giving like revision tips or just work tips as well, because we're adults unfortunately um if you do want to join the discord which again is patreon perk we have a channel in there where it's like 
for studying and it's really cute because people will like just put their webcams on and be like studying or working together as a way to like hold each other accountable um yeah, and i think that really sometimes cute. they do it with like the pomodoro thing as well and it's just like very very cute and hannah sometimes edits the podcast i do when that. i really need to like get the podcast done i sometimes pop into the study chat on discord put my webcam on and my mic off although once i didn't realize my mic was on it was picking up the audio from the podcast people were like oh i'm glad i've had bits of the podcast before it's aired i was like yeah which is also so dangerous because it was the unedited bits. I know. Like, the amount of times we will say fully just shit that can never be aired. I know. Not, in, like, of, not in a dodgy way, just hour. like personal information. It took an hour for someone in the Discord to be like, ha ha ha, that bit was funny. And I was like, sorry, what do you eat? And they were like, well, we can hear what you're doing. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I've made a terrible mistake. Uh, I'm still afraid about what they heard. I know. <laughs> anyway, so all of that to say, like, the, the trio and everyone is studying for that owls. But, yeah, like, so many great resources nowadays. Yeah. Person who is not doing healthy re- revision, Ernie McMillan Our is bestie. doing over eight hours a day of revision. Bear in mind, at the moment, the kids are still in lessons. When this line is said, they're still in six hours of lessons a yeah. day. Bestie, please sleep. Yeah, but also we all knew this kid. There was always like one person that would have to... I was literally about to say... I was about to say, he will let me finish because Hannah just raised her hand. We all knew that one kid... For me, it was this girl called Sophie, who is a bitch, that would just brag about how much revision she'd done. And also was that girl where she would get like an A, not an A star and be in hysterics, being like, oh my God, it's such a bad grade. I can't believe I've done so bad thing. You'd be there with your B like, go fuck yourself. yourself. I didn't used to show off about the amount of hours I'd done, but I did get very like, how much are other people doing? Am I enough? So I'd like ask them how much they were doing and like how they were doing it. I was going to be like... We all knew this kid no. and it was Hannah. I would have put money on it that you were that person. I wasn't like Ernie being like, I do eight hours. But yeah, I was like, how many are you doing? Am I doing the right amount? Because I'm a, I am compare myself to others and it's a trait I'm trying to work on. But it was not a trait I was trying to work on age 16. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We all had things to work on age 16. <laughs> but also, um, it actually, was drilled was into flawless. me. It was drilled into me, as I said, because I went to a grammar school where yeah. we were taught to compete for academic excellence. So it's not my fault i'm working to unlearn these things yeah also everyone was doing it at my school it was like (laughs) i also the book mentions there's a black market for revision aids and stimulants has popped up and there's like powdered this claw and this that and the other which made me laugh so when i was taking my 11 plus exam which is the exam i needed to get into the grammar school so i was 10 or 11 at the time as the name of the exam suggests my mum in the morning before the exam would give me a fish oil tablet or a shot of fish oil and a full fat coke which we were never allowed because she was like the coke is for the sugar and the fish oil enhances brain yeah. And like I did she made me take fish oil regularly as well during that time but she would like give it to me in the morning as like some sort of like cocktail of success for exams. Yeah. And like this just reminds me of that but because like if I take exams nowadays not that it's like stimulants but something I'd really worry about is the right types of foods and drinks to have before exam so I didn't feel sick or bloated or ill during exam because like my life already revolves around that it would be even more stressful taking an exam nowadays 
Yeah. I was also subjected to the fish oil because yes, my fish oil. There was I, such a big study when we were children, wasn't there, about this whole damn fish oil thing. But also because I was dyslexic. And I think my mum <laughs> did just read an article where it was like, oh, it can help people with ADHD or dyslexia. And yeah. then she was just like forcing this. And it was uh, rank. It was rank. And I it remember the so tablets bad. weren't invented till I was quite a bit older. Yeah. And it was just the liquid. And I used to like... She tried for a while to put the liquid in things like milk or things like that, but it just ruined it. So I would like shot the liquid. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it was oil. It was oil. It wasn't liquid. It was oil. oil. It was so it would like not go down smoothly. It no. would like stick to your throat. Oh. oh, I remember she used to like whisk it into my brother's nest quick because my brother's oh. five years younger than me and give it to him. And he just thought that was normal because she started doing it at such a young age. Oh, no. This was like the hook for mums of with kids our yeah. age was the fucking fish oil thing. Yeah, I know so many people that were subjected to it. Yeah. It was- but also, yeah, I was never allowed full fat coke, really. Yeah. And then, yeah, I was allowed it on exam mornings to give me, like, a sugar boost. I love how we're being really, like, condescending, like, oh, my God, our mums, like, fell for this, like, fish oil thing. And, like, don't get me wrong, I do think it's legit, but I'm also just, like, the amount of, like, supplements that I take yeah, and vitamins and nootropics and the CBD and, like... Oh no, I'm not saying my mum was wrong. I'm saying just like the chokehold that fish oil had on a certain generation. I know, I'm just like, how much can I digest that will try and make me less mentally ill without actually going on antidepressants? Kids, go on antidepressants. Go Don't be your, like me. Go to your doctor and go ask for to their your doctor. advice. It's fine, I had some therapy and I'll get more at some point. That was like a year ago, Charlie. Sweetie, no, it was like two. It was like two years ago, Charlie. <laughs> okay, no, it was like time has no meaning. A year and a half. No, but I'm 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 gonna go back. I am. Okay, okay so we're now into the exam period, but like the day before, Professor Marchbanks arrives. And she says she examined Dumbledore personally. And we'll get to the line, which I know you're going to bring up in a minute because I wrote it down as well. But first of all, she examined Dumbledore personally. Dumbledore is established to be 150 years old. So how fucking old is Professor... Like, yeah. I know J.K. Rowling's like, wizards live longer. But wasn't Professor Dumbledore meant to be, like, weirdly old? Like, yeah. re- I thought wizards lived, like, 20, 30 years older. I think this is similar to Harry's parents where she just hadn't thought the ages through. Yeah, I'm like, is Professor Marchbanks 200 years old? Fuck off, fuck off. But But yeah, then um, the line you want to say is, did things with a wand? No, no, no. You've completely, you're like, oh, I know what you're going to say. I thought it was the wand line. Sorry, go ahead, go. Um, So the bit that I love is Draco. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Is giving it all that again. We all knew this kid saying that, like, his dad is, like, BFS with Griselda Marchbanks. And Neville is like, oh, but, like, Griselda's a friend of Nan's and never mentioned the Malfoys. I'm like, okay, not to doubt, doubt Neville. Don't but doubt like, Neville. I don't know. I feel like you, your parents' friend don't come over and, like, list all of their friends, you know? Like... Why would she ever mention if she was or wasn't friends with the Dracos? I suppose if it she was be... around like once a week and she's like quite a chat box and they never came up. Maybe. I feel like it would be more better. More better. More better. Good grammar there. I feel like it would be better if the line was like, oh, I know that she doesn't like Malfoys. Yeah, if she like had bitched about the Malfoys in the presence of exactly. Neville. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, the other line Professor Marchbank says is that Dumbledore did things with a wand I'd never seen before. Secrets of Dumbledore. (laughs) 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 
let Dumbledore suck and fuck. Um, <laughs> He's so submissive and breedable. Oh. <laughs> so we're into the exams and the first question of the first exam Harry sits is what is the one movement for Wingardium Leviosa, which, all right, you're being very cute. Like, well done. Well done. But I also don't feel like you sit exams at this level where it's like, and this is what you were taught on your first day in school. No, normally like you learn exams like, for the last two years, not the last five. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of information to retain if it's the last... Normally your first two or three years are like the foundations and then you start learning exactly. things for exams. Exactly. I don't know. He also... <laughs> he just has this like slumdog millionaire moment where he just does just start to know answers from his own experiences. Well, also like the next cutest bit... I Like I did actually think this was a really like cute callback more subtle one is like for one of the first practical exams they have to turn a rat orange and in the first carriage round it was turning scabbers yellow and i yeah. was like that's good no i like that one yeah that was good but it's literally <laughs> slumdog millionaire <laughs> wait which other bits <laughs> well like the bit that we just said about oh, the yeah. wingardium leviosa yeah. or whatever yeah it's like, like oh yeah it's like oh he knows he, he knows, knows that, that. <laughs> he knows that yeah they have theory exams and practical exams which makes sense for mm-hmm. wizards harry thinks he absolutely smashed the ada which i like the self-confidence he's like yeah i yeah. know i've bossed that one like yeah. go me draco also gets so annoyed because <laughs> the examiner calls harry famous that he fucks up his like levitation spell which is just like classic draco being oh, draco. gay oh draco stop watching harry hermione comes back from her ancient brewers exams saying she messed up the word eh was and eh was do you remember where that's from? Of course you bring this up. That's what I won the first Harry Potter quiz we went to on. Yeah. When I read it, I was like, yes. It was pretty iconic. Thank you. Thank you. I've never won again. So yeah. we literally have now come second four times. Four times. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a shame. But, you know, maybe the one next week. No, it won't because it's, no, a it's more general ge- nerd. They've made it a more general nerd one now. Which, like, good because, like, more people are turning up, like... And, like, they're doing it because of the whole J.K. Rowling thing. Like, absolutely great. But also, we are now failing. Yeah. Hermione, after messing up Ehwaz and Ehiwaz, is in a terrible mood and shouts at both Ron and Harry. So Ron calls her a lovely, sweet-tempered girl behind (laughs) her back. (laughs) I love that these two are just like, oh, she's yelling again. Yeah. (laughs) I just... Hermione's genuinely worried that she might fail exams. And I'm like, okay... On the one hand, I'm like, Hermione, bitch, you're being irrational. Of course, you're top of the year. You're not going to fail your exams. But also, as we well know, any time a manager in any kind of work situation is like, oh, can we have a catch up? I'm like, I'm I'm fired. fired. I'm going to be fired. Oh, my God. Even when I've done nothing wrong. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So, Hermione... You know what, Hermione... Live your worst life. But Go stop, ahead. Stop re- yelling at Ron and Harry just because they're more chill people. Yeah. <laughs> Hermione is so highly strong compared to those two. It's just like... Yeah. I would get it if she was like, oh my God, what if I get a B? I think you're still being a dick because yeah. a B is a good grade. But like, I know their grades aren't Bs or whatever. But like, no, she's literally like, what if I fail? It's like, that's it's not going to Unlikely to happen, isn't it? But also I get that like... For a muggle-born, it must be really, really hard because it's like, 
you've discovered this wonderful thing that you're like a wizard and like exactly if you fail your exams it's not just that you fucked up an exam it's that you no longer get to be a wizard exactly but this is also where a lot of people of color have said the interpretation of hermione as a black character really makes sense because it's that thing that's often instilled in black and immigrant culture of you don't just have to be good you have to be the best because your best is white people are still going to see as like moderate mediocre that's not moderate wasn't the right word mediocre like i can't remember the phrase that's used but like like it's why a lot of people see hermione as a woman of color because of this and like i think like being muggleborn is drawing on that but i also see like that interpretation works alongside of her being muggleborn Mm -hmm. because yeah you're right like what if a muggleborn fails the exam because we know that like in book six Goyle or Crab is made to retake potions, but like, what if a Muggleborn yeah. doesn't pass Hogwarts? Do they go back to being in the Muggle world? Like, what exactly. the fuck happens? Yeah, like it, it's just absolutely bizarre, and it's like I also don't get how that can work as well because, as we know, like if you have unused magic, it starts to come out in all of these like unpredictable ways. Yeah. So it's like, okay, if someone like really fucking sucks, or like when people get expelled or something, it's kind of weird to me that you just go, oh, like no, you don't get to like what are they gonna do like and it's like do they like magically sedate them but also like okay so people are allowed to be expelled from hogwarts and their wands might even be snapped but there are we know from the books that a lot of people are homeschooled so like what's the checks on them and their education yeah. when when do we know that they're failing or passing and things do they have to come into the school to take exams do they have to take exams we don't know it's almost like there's no clear education or syllabus. No. Harry has bungled divination. He says the examiner should have died last Tuesday. <laughs> Harry, like, just lie. Like, why are you trying to do something yeah. here? Did you ever sit in an exam and know you'd failed that exam? Yes, I, I, I did. did once. <laughs> well, no, so not know that I'd failed, but wanted to fail on purpose, oh. basically. Because you know how you take, like... Okay, most schools, for people's information, you, you're encouraged to take three AS levels with the knowledge that you're going to drop one when you go four through AS to... Four AS levels, knowledge Four, drop, sorry. Yeah. Uh, with the knowledge that you're then going to drop one when you go into A2. So you, for people that don't get that, so you basically get like a kind of half qualification for four. It's actually not the way it works anymore. They changed well, the whole thing. It's the way okay, it when we were in school, when yeah. we, that, And that's what's relevant Back in the, the story day. when dinosaurs um, roamed And then you the get earth. a full qualifica- qualification for three. Yeah. So I took psychology and it wasn't even that I was bad at it, but I wasn't taught it correctly, blah, blah, blah. And then got like, a, like I literally think I got like unmarkable or something. <laughs> but like, honestly, it's like, I was good at the subject. And I'm not just saying that because if I was shit at it, I'd be like, oh, I was shit at it. Yeah. Like, there's loads of subjects I, you know, it's But if you knew you wanted that. to drop it, what was the point in revising? Well, so this is the thing. So when I first got that grade back, my instinctive thing was like, oh, I got a really bad grade. So I'm going to, like, retake it. Oh, right. So I signed up for the retake. And then it was only when it got closer to the time that I was like, I'm going to drop this. So. Why would I... And because you did the retakes at Christmas at the same time that you would do exams for, like, another unit off your other subjects as well. So I had um. the second exam of AS for the subjects that I was going to keep at the same time that I had the reset of psychology. So I was like, why would I revise for my reset when I'm just going to drop it, when that's going to take time out of revising for the subjects that I'm going to keep on? So I didn't revise for the exam and went in knowing that I wanted to fail it. Or not that I wanted to fail it, but just that I hadn't 
literally done any work towards it and was going to drop it. So then I just sat the psychology exam and just wrote joke answers. (laughs) (laughs) Why did Freud say this? You're like, because he loved his (laughs) mum. Well, there was some question where, and I can't, this obviously was like 10 years ago. I can't remember the exact phrasing, but it was some question that had like a cat and a dog in the example or something. So I wrote the entire essay debating, and this had nothing to do with the question, why I preferred cats to dogs. But and the examiner was just like, Jesus It was Christ. like not even remotely relevant. To, it was literally that the like hypothetical question just mentioned a cat and a dog. <laughs> and I was like, the pros and cons of cats and dogs. I mean, I love that you, you could have just written nothing, but instead you wanted to turn something in for but your like, marker. Because I would have been in there for like an hour and a half or yeah, something. So like, I didn't want to just sit there. Yeah. So when I was in GCSE, because I was in the, yeah, I was in the top of the second set for math. So I signed up for this further maths exam, which was a half A level. And in the middle of revising, I realised like, this is absolutely pointless. I'm not taking maths any further. I've just been signed up for this by the school. It's like it doesn't matter to me. What's more important is I get an A in maths because I'm not naturally good at maths. It's hard for me, but I really wanted to get an A. So I was like, I'm going to put all my effort into maths. Fuck further maths. I'll just turn up to the exam and whatever happens, happens. So yeah, I turned up to the exam and could answer three of the questions. But because it was a half A level exam, I believe it was over two hours long. And I was just sitting there like, you can't write joke answers in maths. I was just like, (laughs) you could do some really bad (laughs) math. Yeah, I was just like, I don't know. (laughs) One plus one One is two. Yeah, and that, I think that's I, not that's the correct answer. That's not a joke answer. Well, yeah, but yeah, I was I, gonna say get it wrong. Say four, four. Yeah, but yeah, I got I got an F um, in further maths just because I wanted to focus on my maths. So yeah, yeah, I I did. But I feel like Harry is like this in this situation. He knows he doesn't want to carry divination further mm. on, so he probably hasn't. How do you even revise for divination? It's telling the future. Yeah, but yeah, and I feel like that one that would be a great one to just write joke answers for. Oh but yeah. Do, how do they mark this? Exactly. I'm like, Harry, you really fucked up by saying the examination examiner should have died last Tuesday because they can't check this shit. You could say anything yeah. you wanted. You just obviously don't predict anything massive political. Just be like, tomorrow, Bertha Jorkins <laughs> is going to spill her cup of tea. Bertha Jorkins is dead by this point, but sure. <laughs> okay, I just picked a random name. But you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, something yeah. that just could Exactly. Like Harry and Ron both did something stupid because they were trying. I was like, you had spent the last two years making the shit up in these in mm-hmm. in lessons. Why not do it in the exam? Yeah. Anyway, Ron says the ultimate Ron line of doesn't matter, I'm dropping it next year, so unless my tea leaves spell die Ron die, I'm throwing <laughs> them in the bin. <laughs> So then they obviously have the astronomy practical exam at night. So they're up on the tower. It's an hour in. They're marking the position of the planets on like a star chart. Whatever. It's an exam. I really hope they don't then get scheduled for a 9am exam the next morning when they have Mm. an 11pm exam, but whatever. When the doors of the castle swing open and five to six people start walking across the grounds towards Hagrid's hut. I refuse to believe. Like, surely Umbridge would have thought, maybe I should check the astronomy exam time. <laughs> so dumb. Maybe she wants to make a scene. She likes people watching. She, she but you know you, that. But you then, know that about no, her. No, no, but but then they would have done it in the middle of the day. I thought the entire point was that they do it at night mm. because of how badly the previous one went. This is true. Yeah, she just didn't check. She's an idiot. Yep. So there's a shout and a crash 
And what they can see is happening from on top of this astronomy tower is that these five or six people are trying to stun Hagrid. Like, they've literally knocked on his door and are trying to stun him. Yep. And Harry knows that one of them's Umbridge because he describes her as squat. (laughs) Squat. Just going to leave that there. Squat. I mean, I suppose you can tell people. I mean, Harry's got bad eyesight. Like, mate, can you see that far? (laughs) But, like, it's a description of her as squat and it's just Harry's, like, eternal thing about, like villains yeah sexual attractiveness like i'm sorry jk give me some sexy villains i love a sexy villain bellatrix is kind of sexy she was once very beautiful but in the film yeah but in the book i don't feel like she's described that beautiful no she was described as once being incredibly beautiful but now azkaban having wasted her away exactly and that's when we see her in the books. But like, I don't know. All I'm saying is, I grew up with Charlie's Angels. Please give me some sexy villains. No, you get Voldemort but noseless. You get sexy Voldemort in book two. Is that not I enough love for a you? Sexy villain. Uh, yeah, actually, book two. Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm. that was formative. <laughs> Hagrid throws one of the people trying to stun him ten feet. Which, like, yeah, fair we, enough. He punted him. Punted. And the stunners aren't working on Hagrid. He's not going down. Bear in mind, everyone in the astronomy t- tower has, like, no clue why this is happening. Like, they are just... They're trying to, like, expel, uh, like, fire Hagrid. Mm. But they, they immediately stun him. But they just go him. in attacking. No, they go in and attacking. And Dawlish is like... Hagrid, be reasonable. And it's like, bitch, you have you, one He opened the door and you started stunning him. All he's doing is defending himself. And then you're saying, be reasonable, bitch. That is gaslighting. Literally, like, you have come to his house. He has opened his front door and there are six people with wands pointed at him and you're telling him to be reasonable? Yeah. And also, Hagrid only fucking throws the man because he stuns the dog. Literally, don't stun the dog. Yeah, what exactly. What did the dog do? I don't even like dogs. And I'm like, bitch, don't stun the do- dog. You're going to get thrown. Also, Fang was jumping to protect her. They literally, I mean, we know, I always have to say this. I always want to say this, but we know that it's really shitty to use, you know, being a giant, being any kind of like magical monster as a metaphor for race. It's disgusting, don't do it, but we do have to analyse it by the fact that this is a metaphor. And it's like, literally what they've done here is that they have gone in, all guns are blazing, Mm. because they have assumed that Hagrid is going to be violent. And then because they're being violent to him, he's violent back. And then they're like, well, we were proven right, he's violent. And this is literally such a clear metaphor for how black people are treated in society, where people assume that they're going to be violent, so they treat them violently, or just, you know, any kind of, like, racistly, disrespectfully, blah, blah, blah. And then when black people, like, respond in turn, then they're like, oh, well, I was proven right. Yeah, it's literally how, like... Both in America and in the UK, especially in London, black people are stopped and searched at eight times the rate of white people yeah. and are perceived to be violent towards being stopped and searched because of like perceived things. Mm. And then when they have violence upon them, if they defend yeah. themselves, it's, it's like... It's a classic thing where racists are like, oh, but like, you know, black people do do more crime because when you look at the prison statistics, there are way more black people yeah. incarcerated. And it's like, because they're stopped and searched more. Yeah, literally. It's, literally. it's secular. Like, how don't you see the connection? And like, people use it to justify their racism. And it's like, 
that's not how it works. It's institutional racism. Yeah, but yeah, like Hagrid's exactly the same. Because he's half giant, he is perceived as needing six auras to it to fire him because he might react violently but he only reacts and he only begins reacting violently when they stun yeah the dog and hagrid is literally the softest bean exactly exactly and he knew he might be fired he had no plans to react in this way he said he would leave mm. like this is why he prepped harry and hermione because he knew he was going to be fired and he had no plans to act like of course he didn't he's only punching people's lights out because they are trying to capture him. Yeah. Like, as far as the Hinos, arrest them. And we know Hagrid has a deep, deep-rooted fear of Azkaban and will do anything to prevent himself being put that there. Mm-hmm. Like, he is absolutely fucking terrified of that yeah. place, with reason. So then McGonagall comes out of the classroom and is like, on whose authority are you doing this? Where's the fucking warrant? What are you doing? And four of them turn round in one motion and without warning stun her. She's an old lady. She's literally like 70. It lifts her up into the air and throws her like six feet backwards. These are ministry workers. Like these are employed auras. What the fuck? And also like given McGonagall's age, she probably taught most of the people that have just fucking stunned her. Yeah. Like... I do kind of love that they clearly felt that threatened by yeah, her presence. They were like, oh no, it's oh, the no. We're all going down. Yeah. <laughs> I just... This is when Hagrid really starts to actually throw punches and throw the auras off because they have injured his friend and someone who was trying to defend him. This obviously sends the whole exam into chaos. There are girls screaming and crying. The boys are yelling. The examiners are, examiners are distracted. <laughs> the what? The examiners. 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 <laughs> Hagrid manages to run off. He and picks up Fang's body and runs. Of course he picks up Fang's body. He's not going to leave Fang. Mm-hmm. And then the examiner's like, you've got five minutes left to go. I'm sorry. Yeah. Is this not grounds Absolutely for like a not. redo or an extension? Just surely extended time. And surely. Or like, yeah, a re- like some come back yeah. tomorrow night. Like this is and and literally Harry gets. I think he just scrapes an A in astronomy if I remember book six mm. correctly, and he says like, oh, because the exam was disturbed. Um, I think they should be allowed. Yeah. I did write down and I wrote these notes so long ago that now I can't remember. But we get another Ernie mention because I just feel like at this point I have to point out you are in one. love with but Ernie. I didn't write down what that was. I think he says something like disgusting at her age. Yeah. yeah. I love that the pupil, like, I think it mentions either Lavender or Pavati are crying. And I think we've seen in previous books that, like, Lavender or Pavati have a pretty, like, butty heads relationship with McGonagall and the way she's quite strict. But, like, mm. it just shows how much all these pupils respect and love her. Yeah. They are so disgusted and angry. Yeah. So they all go back to the common room because they haven't been given a fucking extension to their exam. <laughs> Redonkulous. Redonkulous. They discuss it for hours, they go to bed late, and the next afternoon they have the history of magic exam. And where shit in this book starts to get, get real. real. We are now entering the final day of events. It's this the is final it. countdown. Yeah, from now until basically the end of the book, this is one day. Harry is hot AF. Mm-hmm. Um, and can't concentrate, which is fair enough. He barely got any sleep last night because, you know, had witnessed one of his best friends being terrorised and one of his mentors being injured grievously. Yeah, He can't concentrate and because it's so hot, he ends up, like, falling asleep. 
No, like... No, he yeah, falls like, fall asleep, basically. Yeah. But, like, I wonder whether he fell asleep or, like, Voldemort at this point was intentionally trying to enter his mind. Or is it, like, the same thing? I don't know. Because, like, we know his defences for his mind are really, really weak at this point. He's mm. exhausted, he's hot, he's stressed, he's in an exam, he's tired. So, like, I assume Voldemort is, like been waiting for a few weeks for the perfect yeah. time to enter and he's like "Ooh, now yeah i think he just fell asleep but that is a dumb move i don't feel like no matter how tired you are you would just fall asleep in an exam i suppose like the ticking of the clock the whole no you're in an exam surely you'd be like hyper aware it's harry mm. it's harry but this is why i think maybe voldemort was there like because literally the moment he falls asleep he's like the corridor yeah so i don't know whether it was voldemort being like I'm in. And so he immediately ends up in the corridor, walks through the corridor, ends up in the Department of Mysteries, walks straight through into the room which he describes as having orbs. And balls. he's balls. And he hears a man in pain. And Harry, as Voldemort, is telling the man to get something from the shelf. And this is when Harry Voldemort, the narrator, realizes that it's serious. And Voldemort says he will torture him. They have as long as it needs. It doesn't matter. And, like, it's funny because, like, reading this now... Yeah, really funny, Hannah. Funny. Reading this now, like, knowing everything we know about how the book ends and how many times I've read it, I'm like, this scene, there's clearly stuff off about it. It's too empty. It's four o'clock in the afternoon. Like, this isn't right. But, like, I can totally see why Harry fell for it because, like, you wouldn't notice those little details which, like... You just wouldn't think through that. Yeah. And the chapter ends with Harry slipping onto the floor and yeah. waking up. The, the words. This is one of the moments in like literature, media, anything that like I would pay good money to experience again for the first time. 100%. Like to not know and to be like, oh my. Because I do think that you would be like, oh my God, he's got serious. He's oh got no. serious. Like, yeah, like, why wouldn't you? Like, because yeah. the book has set up for us that what Harry is seeing is real. The whole Mr. Weasley thing, we have had it in the text set yeah. up. And I think the thing is, obviously, if you do a deep reading, you would be like, oh, he's literally been having lessons to block out Voldemort being able to plant stuff in, in his brain. And now he's stopped those lessons and now he's getting this vision, which doesn't really add up. But sure, if you did a deep reading. But I'm a, I'm a big fan of just doing a dumb reading of stuff just to enjoy it. I love having a plot twist and I think that if you watch stuff... No, I think as a first-time reader, you would think this is real. That's the whole point. No, but I think it depends, like... Because there are some people that read and watch things looking for, you know, any kind of, like, oh, what's the twist going to be, blah, blah, blah. And that's why I hate when people tell me that there's a twist in things because I'm like, I just want to enjoy it. I don't want to, you know... I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, I predicted that. Like, sometimes that happens, but I prefer when it's like... You know, I love being surprised over dumb twists. I'm like, it's part of the enjoyment. But... That's why I wish I could enjoy this because I was so young that I would have like read this that I don't remember that moment of like, oh no. And also the the twist, like, and I just, I wish I could experience that again. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, here we are. I say here we are, shit's about to get real. We're at the end of the book. I have been working on our planning board and we will not finish this book until 2022. I mean, it is now October, so. It is, but I'm just like... I, there's a lot of chapters in the Department of Mysteries. Yeah. yeah, it do be long. It do be long, but in a good way. Like this is some mm-hmm. this is some really good like this book is overwritten and needed an editor, but yeah. I know what we're about to get into. Like I wouldn't want it's, an editor yeah. on the next few chapters. Like the Jesus Christ, it's the good shit. Yeah. 
thank you everyone. If you haven't listened to the long intro about Albania, I would really recommend sticking it on once you've yes. finished because yeah when when we say we related it back to harry potter at first we talk about like the history of albania which by the way i do really recommend because literally since i've come back everyone has been like i can't believe it was hot i thought albania was near russia and yeah. i'm like nah it's near greece like so many people who i know like educated people who know geography and know history don't know where at like Mm -hmm. anyway but also like yeah we talk about why we think jk rowling chose albania why voldemort was there why rowena ravenclaw was there why bertha was there why peter pettigrew was there but also i think now is a really good time to say thank you all so much for your support of this podcast over the last three years because the time you're listening to this our three-year anniversary episode will have come out because without your support we wouldn't have been able to go to albania that's just insane so thank you all so much for supporting this podcast albania albania good i was gonna join in with the scene but i didn't even know what tune you were going for. neither did i it was made up i that was clear i'm basically lin-manuel miranda i write my own songs okay go on do it do it do a musical number that's it that's all i've got so far okay great it's a work in progress i support this yeah thank you Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To find us on social media, search at Goblet of Wine Pod on Twitter or at Goblet of Wine Podcast on Instagram. We also have a website over at www.gobletofwine.co.uk where you can keep up with everything that we do. This podcast is produced by our wonderful Hufflepuff tier patrons. Veronica, Samuel, Ronan, Matt, Lewis, Layla, Catherine, Hannah, Emily and Alexia. If you'd like to support this podcast, check out our Goblet of Wine Patreon, where you can also gain access to bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and our Discord. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye! Bye.